You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight, you never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now please. Get off this planet while you still have a choice. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right, kids. We are back. And yes, the wonder years or dead years or now that's kind of cool to do it. Deadwood. No. How about the OK Corral time, folks? It is time to go back to the Old West. And we are looking at a first Doctor story when Doctor has a toothache and he just happens to end up with doc holiday and, you know, gets involved with the events around the okay corral. It's pretty interesting to actually see them doing this because not that many years later, Star Trek also did a story on the same thing. So I think Star Trek did it a lot better though. Yes. With no music. Well, come on. That music made the episodes. It made it something, that's for sure. We have Mm. not had much luck when it comes to music and Doctor Who this year. No. 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 (laughs) No, that's a good way to put it. And as you can hear, we have both Mike and Mary here. Hey, guys. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. Howdy. So... This is both your first time seeing this one, correct? First and last. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You even had a singing companion in this one. So we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. Definitely, you know, let us know what you guys think. Were you into this one? Was it okay? Was the singing getting to you? Was it horrifying? And how about those accents? Come on, folks. Oh, my God. So we'll get all into that in a few minutes. But we actually want to talk real quickly. Uh, This year actually is the ninth anniversary of the passing of Elizabeth Sladen, or better known to Doctor Who fans as Sarah Jane Smith. Uh, And basically, in honor of that, Russell T. Davies actually wrote a brand new story uh, called Farewell to Sarah Jane. And it is amazing what they did. They had a narrator for it, and they actually even had a some celebrities pop up, including the three companions that Sarah Jane had in the Sarah Jane Adventures. And it was wonderful. And... I thought it was just going to be like something short and like one of those snippets, like the short stories that they did with Moffat and Chibnall for the 13th doctor. 
No, this blew me away. And Mary actually just watched it right before we went to recording. So this one's fresh for her. Thoughts? I'm st- oh man, I'm still in tears. I'm like, I was telling the guys, I cannot believe they're making me talk about the gunfighters after just watching that about Sarah Jane. That was amazing. RTD, I hand it to you. That was the perfect farewell. Remember how much venom we used to have towards RTD? <laughs> and, you know, when he did, he was the showrunner. And this completely redeemed him for me. It, it really did. It and was it ma- beautifully written, beautifully staged. The narrator was was perfect. It, it was the awesome. One thing that... Uh... I mean, the one thing that uh, Russell definitely you can say about him is that he had a love for uh, classic Doctor Who and in particular Sarah Jane. And uh, I mean, it was on his watch that she had her own show. So um, I didn't watch all of her show. I only saw like select episodes. Um, But uh, the idea of it was was pretty cool and you know elizabeth is one of my favorite uh uh actresses to appear as a companion as well so uh i feel that same love i only watched the um video this morning and uh yeah i had much the same reaction as mary it's uh very emotional it's very well written very well performed by uh, the narrator who I didn't recognize. Like, was he the voice of Mr. Smith or something? Or... Uh, I don't know. Was he supposed to know who he was? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but he did a very great job. Um, and then, of course, uh, you have appearances from a couple of uh, past companions who I believe did both of them appear on Sarah Jane Smith Adventures or only? It, I, no. I know Joe did. Joe granted, Ace did not. Gotcha. So it was, but it was nice to see Dorothy, as they called her. Yeah, I was going to say, yes. I'm like, I don't remember seeing Ace. There was no Ace. No, but it was great <laughs> that she was there. <laughs> it was Dorothy. Yeah, but it was it was wonderful um, how, how they did it. And I thought loved how they brought the three kids back, let everybody know what happened to them. And then it was awesome. And, you know, they even told what happened to Mr. Smith. So it was pretty awesome. He's still there. He is still there. He's still there waiting, waiting, waiting for, for adventures. Yep. Poor, uh, poor uh, Dorothy got saddled with canine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, that, that seemed rather unfair. <laughs> well, she needed a new coffee table, so it was okay. <laughs> An ottoman. Exactly. I found but, uh, they mentioned other companions showing up at the uh, funeral service as well. And uh, yeah, just, uh, just really well done. So, um, you know, we've seen that's, you know, we may not be getting new who for quite some time, but you know, uh, the past showrunners have really done a great job providing additional content for us during this quarantine time. Um, and Chris has supplied something as well, right? I don't want to just leave him out, but I think he supplied a short story or something, didn't he? Yes. Okay. So all the showrunners have done stuff, um, um, you know, and I saw that uh, Arthur uh, Darville did a um, sort of a uh, a video segment that was uh, Rory based as well. So written by um, Neil Gaiman. Actually. Yes. Yes. So that was that was well performed. So yeah, I'm glad to see that you know the Doctor Who community 
is is just entertaining themselves and 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 is having fun doing it. No, exactly. And thank goodness they're doing this because we've got a long way still to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that this is going to create a longer delay with the new season um, so than we would have had before. So however long we thought we were going to wait, we're probably going to wait that much longer now. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, it was it was wonderful. And I was like thinking when I started watching it, is the doctor going to show up and which doctor? Would yeah, I wondered about that too. But I think it's kind of good that they left the doctor out of it well i loved how they described you know when i think it was either joe grant or somebody was like saying oh the doctor must be out you know saving the world from a black hole or something you know asteroid from a giant squid exactly (laughs) yes and it was like and it was it was perfect because that's what how they described the doctor and it was pretty it was great how they did that well and and true you couldn't have had that last that sort of last testimonial at the end where, uh, you know, Rani uh, said that uh, she doesn't, she chooses not to believe that she's dead, that she's just having endless adventures with the doctor and, uh, and, and, you know, throughout time and space, which is is a perfect ending. Oh, very much so. Yeah, and, that was really beautiful. And she did it beautifully too. Yep. You know, a big, you know, big upgrade for her from that scorpion that she was in the uh, Tesla episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it was really awesome to see everybody back. And I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, if you get a chance, it's right up on YouTube, folks. It's free. We'll have a link to it up in the show notes. So if you ever get a chance, just watch Farewell, Sarah Jane. And it is, you'll have tears. Yeah. yeah, just have an entire box of Kleenex next to you. <laughs> yeah, we didn't warn Mary about that. Yeah, even if you, uh, you know, are not a, the biggest Sarah Jane Smith fan, I, I recommend it just because it's, it's. I think things like this are going to be considered, you know, part of Doctor Who canon, you know, so. Oh, I mean, told- why not? They're they're actually, like, written by showrunners and such, so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it was, it was awesome. And you know bring on more if it's this kind of quality if it's written by chibnall no no (laughs) poor poor chris no because i'm gonna just say it the short story he did about you know what the doctor was thinking when she was falling from the tardis in the very first episode that was just like kind of like eh. it just it just didn't do much for me and you know, I'm not trying to be a Chris hater. Come on, I really am not. But it was it just fell a little flat. Yeah, it didn't really grab me either. I haven't read Paul Cornell's yet, have you? Oh no, I haven't read that one yet. I did, and it's it's really good. Oh good. Well Paul does such I want Paul to write more episodes of Doctor Who. Oh yeah. And everything. Cause yeah, that's the one thing I wish I know that uh you know, Chibnall has kind of made this thing where he's, you know, sort of edict that he's not going to use anybody who's written Doctor Who before. And I'm like, that, that, that's a mistake, I think. Uh, yeah, and that's, it's so arbitrary. Why, why do that? I mean, I understand giving new people, you know, a chance. That's fine, but it doesn't have to all be like that. No. Mix no. it when up. <laughs> when you've got people like Neil Gaiman and Paul Cornell and, you know, others of note, that want to contribute i you know just blanketly saying nope 
is just seems like um, you're just uh, what's the saying? Cutting off your nose despite your face, right? It's almost like he doesn't want to be overshadowed by these writers. <laughs> well, there might be that too. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like seeing it, and it's just like it's kind of crazy. You know, these people do such an amazing work. Paul, you know, for those who don't know, Paul wrote Human Nature and was such a great, great storyline. It's one of my favorite Doctor Who stories ever. Yeah, Yeah. and if you get a chance, also read the book because it's so different. And, you know, then the actual, it's similar. Well, it's a different Doctor, a different companion and it's also... The story's different. The only thing that pretty much is the same is the fob watch. But that's about it. And that the doctor's at a uh, school back in the early, you know, 1900s. So that's, you know, but, you know, that's close enough. So it's, you know, if you want, we did review that episode way back, probably about two or three years ago already. So, and it's such a wonderful storyline to do. So, yeah, I could watch that one over and over again. Oh, I have. Yeah, <laughs> I, have. Well, I have. I have too. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You know, because actually I broke down and I actually I'm trading in my DVDs for of the David Tennant years and I bought the Blu-rays because I wanted the upgrade. And yeah, just, I can understand that. And it also takes up less room. Yeah. I have that too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's pretty darn awesome. It's totally worth it to, if you get a chance to watch family of blood and, you know, it's just, it's such a great, great story. And for a two parter, it just, it's like thumbs up. So definitely. And, you know, it shows a good part of the relationship between the doctor and Martha, which we were talking about just last episode, I think actually. Well, that's true. Yeah. So. Wow. We really don't want to talk about the gunfighters. <laughs> no. Nope. Can we talk about anything but the gunfighters? It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, let's talk, let's see, let's talk about some other great Doctor Who stories. Yeah. So, <laughs> on that note, I think we're going to take a break, and we will be back in a moment. Prepare ourselves for the gunfighters. We're biting the bullet. Exactly. We are Nerdlanta. We got these filters, I think they're called pea poppers. That's, that's for exciting. Peas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for, for mm-hmm. popping all the peas. Sweaty balls and pea poppers. Always a time. time. <laughs> Can a podcast be a reboot? Oh, God, Absolutely. yes. Nerdlanta Yes, yes. That's awesome. We are highly calculated at a late hour. You know, it's just always, always fun, fun to talk about geeky stuff. stuff. And, and Nerd Lanta is the place, the place to do, do it. it. I guess that's it. We played the promo. So. That was an awesome promo. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Earth Station Who. Let's travel now back to May 1966. That's right. Where the doctor visits Tombstone, Arizona in the wild, wild west. And he just happens to have another episode of mistaken identity. And because he just happens to be called Doc in in this one. And, or Pops, or a couple different names. And he's confused with Doc Holliday. And 
basically the Clanton brothers are out for the doctor. Dun, dun, dun. And then it just goes from there with some amazing singing. Not just by the, the best part. Not just by the narration, but also by Stephen. Uh, Stephen Regret. Yeah. Stephen Regret. Oh, I bet he regrets singing that episode. <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting because this is the second to last story with with him in it because he yeah, leaves during he leaves during the savages. Yeah, he didn't seem familiar to me at all. No, um, yeah, I don't wasn't, think he wasn't around that long. <laughs> I wonder why. No, he but, he, did, he wasn't exactly Captain Charisma there. No, well, Dodo wasn't much better. But no. we actually we actually saw Dodo leave in two stories from now in yeah. War Machine. Yeah, I, I recognized her a bit, but um, yeah, I was not, um, ooh, man. Yeah, I'll just say right away, and I think everybody who's already listening to this already kind of knows that uh, this one was a tough one for us. Um, and it's even tougher because I like the subject matter a lot. Uh, oh. I mean, I'm not a, a Wyatt Earp or OK Corral expert, but I've seen a lot of different versions uh you know as uh, most people know uh um that follow the network ashley and i have been watching a lot of westerns uh lately and reviewing those on the patreon and whatnot so so yeah wyatt earp and westerns has been sort of in my wheelhouse uh over the last three or four months and wow did they just not get anything right here <laughs> like, I, like i'm like you know it's not a great doctor who story and it's not a great Western. Um, and uh, it's does this, a shame. Does this count as a historical episode? It Well, I mean, it, literally it does. Well, here's the thing that's interesting. And we'll go off on maybe a little tangent here. But if you think about Us it. Us do that? No way. If you think about it, uh, very, very few of the quote unquote, for a show that prides itself on doing historical educational episodes, very few of the historical episodes are actually accurate. Yeah, I don't think they care at all, actually, about accuracy. <laughs> like, I mean, they certainly like, I, didn't this time. I can't think, like, you know, I, I can't think of any of the, the historical ones that we've seen that are like, oh, yeah, that's what really happened. No. Um, nope. They all take a little bit of liberty. So, I, and plus, look, the OK Corral is an incident that is is full of misinformation. And um, there's tons and tons and tons of versions out there. I think more... Folks have played Wyatt Earp in some form than any other maybe historical character of all time. There's just so many. Um, and they're all different. I mean, the actual gunfight was only 30 seconds. And it wasn't really that exciting. Um, and it didn't involve half the people that are in this episode. <laughs> like, uh, like including, like, characters like Bat Masterson, who was nowhere near Tombstone at the time. Yeah, that was um, really bizarre that they shoehorned him in there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, get that at all. Uh, Johnny Ringo wasn't there either. Uh, Johnny Ringo, how Western can he sound? Even though Johnny Ringo was in uh, Tombstone, uh, the movie. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to see a better version, not a more accurate, but a better, well, actually, if you want to see a better version, and regardless of the accuracy, watch any other version. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, they could have, like, I always look forward to the historical ones because they're usually pretty good or pretty interesting. Uh, but this one right off the bat not is so just not. And 
And, you know, we've already mentioned that the companions were pretty weak. And and I got to say, it's not William Hartnell's finest hour either. He looks great in the outfit. But apart from that, he just doesn't have any great moments. No, he seems very bumbling in this one. Sometimes not, not, in like a good, he, not in a good way either. Right. Sometimes he seems like he knows what's going to happen. Like he's like when he when they mentioned Johnny Ringo, he's like, oh, I know that name. And so I'm like, oh, he knows what's going to happen. And then other times he just seems like he just doesn't know what who anybody is. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the doctor or if that's Hartnell or (laughs) where that's coming from. He just seems kind of out of it (laughs) the whole time. I mean, he does have a toothache. I mean, I feel like they were kind of going almost for, for like comedy, for a parody, but it just falls flat. And and the song just keeps taking you out of it. I mean, it's just constantly there. They just hit you over the head with it. <laughs> As if everything else wasn't great. Right. <laughs> You've got this song that comes in every five minutes, every scene change. No, and exactly. they've never done that with Doctor Who before or since. And I just am like, why did they think that would be fine here? But it it's that goes with the old westerns at the time from the 1950s the tv shows and everything they did that a lot they played around with it a lot in if you ever saw mel brooks's blazing saddles well sure i mean there's gene entry for sure but i mean like look i mean there's like a lot of versions of the okay corral and and they were done like before and after this and none of them are musicals like like, (laughs) (laughs) you know uh you know gunfight at the okay corral was uh, done just 10 years before this with burt lancaster and kurt douglas it's pretty serious you know uh just the year after this is hour of the gun with james gardner um and then two years after this is specter of the gun because that's a case where star trek definitely goes oh yeah we can up one up uh doctor who and they do oh, oh yeah, very much the so. star trek one's way better <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I, I remember I watching the, the star, star trek one and it was pretty intense actually sorry yeah, it's actually kind of cool during the star trek one that they they don't try to like recreate a real western town they they make it a stage set and they use it like that and it's it's kind of a cool atmosphere and this one i don't know if they were trying too hard though i have to say those accents man oh god they uh, they also were just completely take you out of the story what there is of it Uh, yeah anytime uh someone rags on a american doing a ugly british accent i want to make them watch the gunfight (laughs) (laughs) You have no like, room to talk British. Exactly. People. This this is we're not even close to being balanced now. <laughs> like, you know. Um, you know, certain English actors get it too. I mean, uh, David Tennant did when he did that version of Broadchurch, but let me tell you, like, um it his was nowhere near as bad as as this is. They're, they don't even I mean, I guess a couple of them try, but man, they slip in and out of it so uh, so randomly it just is is ugly no agreed it was really really bad and there wasn't really anyone i felt like was actually the role the really bad southern accent from doc holiday and it was just like any time i am you know it was just like, <laughs> and it was just it was it was super oh, it was bad painful. Uh-huh, exactly and it was, and the overacting from almost everybody. 
Oh, the death God. scenes were actually kind of hilarious. Oh, at the, especially the gunfight. Yes. Oh, jeez. I mean, it was very cartoony and very overdone. Very cartoony, but very violent. I mean, this one is oh, pretty oh, violent in in yeah. the number of people who die, and that was almost like on the on the weird side of it. It was a little, sometimes a little disturbing to me. Well, the bartender, um, especially. Yes, oh, especially he since just, he's just laid there, and everybody just keeps yeah. everybody keeps walking by him, like, okay, he's dead, and then just moving on. It's like, um, should somebody take care of this? Like, it's in an eating establishment. Yeah, they don't. They do not care at all. Just <laughs> um, lying there in his pool of blood, and they're like, okay. Uh, I also think the scene where Stephen's about to be hung is a little intense too um you know as they start to put that noose around his neck i'm like that's no joke like that's no like i'm like that that even as an actor i'd be like um is it necessary to do this yeah that that surprised me too because i mean back i mean back then it really was a kid's show oh exactly (laughs) and people were being killed left and right left and and right yeah and it's like wait a minute you know even like you know it was just the people that were getting killed it was just it was all senseless and it was pretty brutal with this and if i like had a kid probably like seven or eight you know trying to have to explain what was going on it would be like uh or um the doctor didn't kill anybody at least um uh, <laughs> he didn't bash anybody in the head with a rock so. no well, come on. Here in the states, I mean, by that age, I was watching. You know, I mean, Gunsmoke was always on the TV or whatever, like Big Valley and 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 all that. So it was like I was watching westerns from an early age too. So it wasn't anything that was, you know, uncommon. At least, at least yeah, there yeah. wasn't any blood or anything. At least, but you would think for at least uh, the British sensibilities, and in particular Doctor Who, that it would have something to say about either the the you know stupid violence or the fact that it doesn't really work or you know i mean they they put the doctor in positions where he's like i don't need a gun i don't believe in them you know my way's better and yet ultimately it's not um and that's like a kind of a slap in the face to our characters as well i mean here's the doctor supposed to be the guy and yet he's really not even he's just in the way here and he doesn't like at, at the end of the day he just leaves <laughs> it's just yeah. he, he he you know he 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 gets his tooth done and and that's it there's no there's nothing that he does to affect any events here whatsoever well also steven and dodo are completely unaffected by all this horror and chaos going on around them they just do not care at all that they're surrounded by people getting shot and dead bodies i think they were blinded by steven's shirt (laughs) (laughs) well that's the thing it could have been see it could have been an interesting story where you know the two of them because at the beginning they're so like yeah we want to be cowboys and they're so into the romantic notion of what a cowboy is in the wild west at the end even though i think they're over it it's not really in your face as well as far as like yeah it's not as cool and romantic and as exciting as 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 you would think it's something that you would actually not want to be part of 
Yeah, oh, there's, exactly. There's definitely, there's no message here. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Exactly. So it's it's interesting that you know you had this historical event and which has become more legend than anything. And, you know, they totally made the town look like it was a block long and everything was right there. I'm actually shocked they used real horses. Yeah. Every time they're riding the horses, I'm like, Oh my God, the horses are going to hit the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do have to correct you on one thing, uh, Mike. You said that there was no blood in the episode, and there actually is blood at least mentioned several times in that annoying song, uh, which kind of struck me as odd. It's talking about blood mixed with sawdust in the last Jet Saloon. I'm like, that's a gross image. Stop singing that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was pretty much just stop singing that from. Yes, just like, stop singing that. Anything. Exactly. <laughs> Well, it it was just also interesting that we got with um it was it was just interesting where you got the you know the, I guess the budget wasn't there or something cuz you didn't even get to see the TARDIS materialize all you heard was the noise. Yes, yes, you didn't actually see the TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah, that was stupid. I was like looking at it waiting for it to materialize and it's not there and I'm like oh, I'd Oh man, they can't even afford this. Yeah, and then they exactly. like the next cut, it's like there, they like around the corner, and I'm like, that's different. Uh huh, exactly. It's they just spend like all their money on the horses and, <laughs> and the gunfire. The horses, yeah. But it, it was funny because, you know, some of the cowboys looked okay, but most of them looked like, you know, typical 1950s Hollywood cowboys. And it was, it was the era, and that just made me think of Back to the Future 3, where Marty got dressed like that when he was Doc Brown was sending him back from the 1950s. And they thought, hey, is the circus in town? And they, when he saw them all dressed up like that. Yeah, I mean, I think even the doctor was kind of keen on that. Like, when they came out in their little outfits, uh, the companions did, he's like, you guys are, look, you look ridiculous. And uh and the only way he could explain them away is that they were entertainers exactly exactly and it was interesting though because you know when you saw some of the um characters in this the actor who was playing uh Wyatt Earp he reminded me a lot of the guy who played Sheriff Cooper in uh Stranger Things hmm and you know and he was also hellboy and he was also gonna be in the new uh black widow movie if that ever comes out and so he he looked they it almost looked like it was the same actor but obviously couldn't be but same kind of build and everything the bulky and everything and it was just not it was like that's not david arbor nope 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 So it was, it was a, his great grandfather. <laughs> exactly. But his his British great grandfather. <laughs> but yeah, it was I think, you know, f- I'm glad it was only four episodes. I was afraid it was gonna be a five or six sparter. <laughs> yeah, that it was, only uh, seemed like six. <laughs> it really did. Uh you know, I think um 
all said and done, uh, you know, you're kind of like, sometimes you kind of just go, why did, is this one survive? <laughs> Um, uh, but I suppose the novelty of it, you know, the fact that it's, it's got so much music in it and all that is, is a testament to the fact that it survived. Um, it looks like it's in great shape. There didn't seem like there was any, any, any wear and tear on it, really. Um, uh, I did, I did notice that, uh, the writer of the episode, Donald Cotton, also wrote another, uh, episode called The Myth Makers, which takes place in ancient Troy. Uh, with the Trojan horse and all that, that does not exist. And I'm not sure if that's a blessing uh, <laughs> or not. I mean, that's another one of my favorite historical time periods as well. And uh, it would be kind of interesting to see the doctor in that setting. Although having watched this, I'm kind of like, mm, maybe not. I would love to see the music that was sung in that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> uh, an ode to Helen. Oh, oh Helen! <laughs> oh my God! But yeah, there, there wasn't much positive about this. Um, no, I know that there are people out there, of <clears> course, <throat> that love this, and I think I have to believe they love it because of, maybe they embrace the campiness of it. Oh, it's extremely campy. Uh, yeah, I think unintentionally so. Um, oh, and, yeah. and and that doesn't work for me as well. Um, you know, with something like, uh, you know, with something like the Batman 60 series or, or, you know, Rocky Horror, which are like, to me, the epitomes of camp, like those have a fun campiness attached to them on purpose. This doesn't seem like it has that on purpose. And any, any sort of application of that to this is sort of not in, in, it, it's not, it's an accidental, you know, campiness. And so that doesn't work for me as well. But I guess some people do. Uh, I can only imagine that. Um, I don't know what else they could find in this that is uh, that's worth watching again. But, you know, I mean, certainly if people do enjoy it, I, I don't take that away from them. I don't mean to. You know, actually, it's funny because I didn't have this one in my collection. <laughs> and... You know, eventually I will have to purchase it to finish off my collection of available Doctor Who episodes. But, but you had seen it before. No, this was my first time. Oh, oh wow. This was your first as well. I thought yeah. you had seen it before. No, I had heard the story, so. Yeah. So I, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens, you know, with our listeners' reactions, or we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. I definitely think that would be fun to hear what you guys have to say. So do we dare rate this one? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that answered my question. <laughs> um, you know, I definitely think we should, you know, I'll give them, you know, I'm going to go out and I'll give it a three. Ooh. You know. Wow. <laughs> that's amazingly high. That's, that's okay. Wow. <laughs> you For, definitely enjoyed it more than me and Mary combined, probably. Probably. I, there were, I wasn't bored. I was ready to shoot myself with one of their guns. <laughs> But I wasn't bored at any time. And I just was like, there was nowhere to know where this story was going. You knew it was going to end 
up with the shootout at the OK Corral, but you just didn't know how they were trying to get there or the reasoning or whatever. And they never really gave reasons for anything. No, there wasn't a reason for anything. No. And I think that was the weakness of the story. And, you know, having seen Tombstone fairly recently, it's like night and day. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, well, yeah. Despite, despite even all the trappings around it, the basic story was just not good. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's what really brought it down. You, you could have got, a, got away with some of the other stuff, maybe except for maybe the song. But the story just wasn't that interesting. <laughs> Nothing much happened. This was also a story that would have happened the same way if the doctor was there or wasn't there. Yeah, that's a really Pretty good much. point. That's very true. He didn't. He, he didn't, didn't really do anything. Interact. Yeah. yeah. He he interacted with the characters, but he didn't cause or try to save anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he wasn't like trying I said, to I... fix anything or change anything. No, that's that's probably my my biggest gripe with it is the fact that you know, he doesn't need to be in this at all. And so it kind of just, it's like, why are we here? Like, you know, at least with some of the other historicals, there's some sort of concern about events that are happening and whether or not you can stop them or not or whatever. And in this case, it's just not, no, it's, it's just a whirlwind of, of noise. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. So-and-so got captured. Now this person got captured and this other person was released. And now this person was captured. And now this per- it's like, uh, now this person was shot. And now this person was okay. So it was just like, oh, and this person's going to jail. And this is, and it's like, it's like, it just didn't, it didn't flow. All right. Maybe I'll pull my three and give it a two and a half. <laughs> Damn you guys. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to harsh on your rating, whatever you have to, you know, go, mm-hmm. Hey, and just so you know, the Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon is available on on, on an, as an extra on the CD soundtrack release. So you can listen to it at your leisure. I'm going to make you a loop tape of it, and then uh, exactly this this is so remarkable that they didn't uh, commission an original song for Doctor Who until 2005. Wow. <laughs> That's that's what this one did to it. So Which there you go. Understandable. And and song for ten is so much better uh, than uh, ballad of last chance. That is so true. All right, Mary, go ahead. Oh man, I, for some reason I feel generous, and I don't understand why. <laughs> so, I, but I think I'll give it a two. Da, 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 okay, now da, it's a da, one point five. <laughs> Because that song, oh my God, it is going to haunt me forever. Mm-hmm. There is just really not much redeemable here, unfortunately. I mean, even even the doctor just is, doesn't work. The companions are useless, and there's just a lot of bad stuff going on, including the bad writing. Mm-hmm. So, oh well, one point five. Oh wow! Okay, Mikey. It's 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 getting lower every time she just <laughs> thinks about it. Um, you better stop the episode now before it goes negative. <laughs> it's going into negative territory, just like those barrels of oil. Uh, I'm gonna give it one non-materializing TARDIS. Um, <laughs> it's just doesn't, and that's a that's a perfect way to describe it because this thing never materializes. It's just awful. 
I, I can't think of anything redeeming about this. Um, yeah, I just, I can't. Um, it's just one that I'm going to file away and say, did that, survived, move on. Yeah, my, my advice out of this whole episode of Earth Station Who is for everyone to go watch Farewell, Sarah Jane. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man, sure. But I mean, I also want to make it clear, it's not just because it's an old first Doctor story. There are first Doctor stories that I like a lot. Oh, uh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. So I, two, I do well, not... Two, I, two I episodes do, from this is War Machine, which is amazing. Yeah, we... I really we, I like think, the Aztecs. Yeah, yeah, and the well, the Aztecs, and there's several others. Uh, you know, I really like the um, uh, Reign of Terror. It's Reign. one of my favorites as well. Dalek and that's very similar. That's very similar yeah. to this one, where they're just caught up in events. That there's, I mean, it's interesting to to note that in the, in this era, they go back in time, but there's not usually an alien thing that happens or any sort of science fiction. They're just caught up in actual historical well. <laughs> historical events that are not really accurate but yet you know played out that way so um and uh it's interesting that so that sort of element is interesting about it but this one and and maybe it's just because i'm so um you know uh interested in the uh subject matter that i'm really i i like deduct points because it should have been way better than this. Uh, well, the, the fact is, that there's potential here. I yeah, mean, this the, could have this could have worked as as an idea. I just, they just it just didn't. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why I even uh, will take some more points away from it because they take an interesting concept. I mean, I don't think the Doctor would revisit the West until Matt Smith, right? Uh, I'm going through my database. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think you're right, actually. Um, I'm sure maybe in a big finish he might have. But, yeah, I think Matt Smith was the next one. So, and I mean, in that one, he has a lot of fun with it. Uh, they all do. And it's so much better than this is. Oh, way better. Um, uh, yeah, so I can't, I can't endorse this one at all. I'm sorry. This is one of the worst ones I've seen. Okay. Very understandable. Even worse than Ghostlight. I said it. Damn it. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Okay. He went there. See, yes. he, and even Mike talked about another Doctor Who episode, so he didn't have to talk about the gunfighters. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Anything to get us away from the gunfighters. Okay. Come on, folks. We want to hear from you. Were we wrong on this one? Were we right? Were we, be, were we being generous? That's the big question. Please write us at EarthStationWho at ESONetwork.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. All right. Join us again next time when our friend Eric Paul Johnson is joining us. And he is going to have his pick of one of his favorite episodes of Doctor Who. And we are going to be looking at The Invisible Enemy, the fourth Doctor story. So that should be a lot of fun. And until then, my name is Mike Faber. On behalf of Mr. Mike Gordon, thank you very much. As always, it's usually my pleasure. And this one was a little bit more painful. Okay. And Mary Ogle, who had to scream and yell about this one. Oh, boy. I'm just kind of glad this one's over. <laughs> yeah, well, so am I. So am I. 
from all of us here at Earth Station Who, we hope you guys are being safe. You guys are being, you know, keeping yourself busy, listening to podcasts like ours. And we thank you so much for those who are listening still. Until then, my name is Mike Faber. We will see you here next time on Earth Station Who. Peace. And we are done. Into the TARDIS. We got a gunfight to go to. Woohoo! Oh, boy. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>